Hey everybody, and welcome to issue 48 of Comic Stripped. We are your hosts, Ariel. And Joe. So, this month, we're reading Radiant Black, Volume 1, and Sheets, Volume 1, or Book 1. Check it out. Okay, kicking things off here with Radiant Black, Volume 1. Written by Kyle Higgins, art by Marcelo Costa, although there's a host of co-writers and guest artists and colorists, so just run down the list real quick. Co-writer Cherish Chen for Chapter 6, guest artist Eduardo Ferragado, Darko La Fuente, uh, guest colorist Natalia Marquez and Miguel Muerto, and a color assistant Rod Fernandez, and letters by Becca Carey. So quite the uh, ensemble yes, of indeed. Uh, folks working on this book. Yeah. And, okay, so... <laughs> Uh, for I'm, I'm going to start off by because I'm going to talk about the the cover for this, but I'm going to start off by saying, eh, it was just okay for me. It wasn't great. It's it, it was it, it. There was no reason for choosing the person that was chosen to be the superhero, and then that person died, and someone else took over the spot. So it's like it really doesn't matter who's doing the job. They just needed someone to fill in the position. You know, like it just it was so arbitrary. So. But the thing that amused me is that the front cover says, The perfect superhero comic for anyone missing Invincible. And that's Robert uh, Kirkman made the blurb for that. And I didn't like Invincible either. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, neither of these are for me. And don't no, no, get me wrong, I, I love The Walking Dead. Like, I watched the show and I went through and I, I went back and read all the comics because I love it. It's, it's just a very clever concept. And the story is really, really great. So I like that. But uh, And I think if, you, if you'd heard the earlier podcast we did about Invincible... That one I wasn't a fan of because it was just kind of like superhero kid doesn't really have any real problems in life, eh. And so this is the uh, this is not that obviously, but it's something where it's just like uh, this random guy who couldn't cut it as a writer in Los Angeles decides it's like first of all why would you go to Los Angeles? Los Angeles is so expensive to live there. I mean it's a, it's the the standard trope of that's where all the work is, so you wanna go there and you know just like in la la land and everything guess, else you know you like, go there to work to ex- for the exposure to right, make but the connections thing is he wasn't trying to be a screenwriter he was writing short stories yeah i don't know how that yeah it's like you could literally write that anywhere you could have, you could be in some place it's incredibly cheap to to live and, and write that yeah. stuff so i don't know why los angeles Maybe would this make is a difference a, and this is definitely a i would say pre-pandemic Maybe. type of uh book let me just double check when uh when it came out because I mean, I feel like at least nowadays, you know, in 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 2020 and beyond, and here sitting here in 2022, we could pretty confidently say, well, you know, the world has proven to us as a society that we could probably do a lot of work, uh, at least not everything, but a good chunk of like, uh, you know, sit down and in in an office and and do that kind of stuff remotely from anywhere. Yeah, I guess that's why I'm kind of like. I, I, I don't get me wrong. I understand the, the struggling artist thing. I do. I get that. I've been a struggling artist. But the kind of thing is like you moved out to L.A. to write short stories. It's like you weren't even going to be a screenwriter. You went there to write short stories. So it's like – and so so this main – and I, I, hate, I hate to even call him the main character because he doesn't even stay the main character. He dies like halfway through the book. Half, Spoilers if you haven't read it. Right. Well, no. I mean we're going <laughs> to review it all of it anyway, so we're yeah. going to give the spoiler anyway. I mean I feel like he is because – even though is he gonna come back to life? He, number one, he's still alive at at the end of uh, issue five, or he's breathing. His brain activity is uncertain. Right, but, but uh, yeah, I guess I should say. But is he gonna 
matter. <laughs> well, I think he already does because he he so so let let we'll get there I, I guess okay. but he has an effect on the person that takes that that takes over the powers from him yeah and he that person would not be feeling the way that they do and acting the way that they do if if nathan our main character nathan burnett 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 i don't know yeah um uh two t's at the end so i assume burnett uh if if he had not been who he was and done the things that he did so i, I think there is okay. a, a case okay that nathan is the main character and that he may still have a chance to redeem him his his, his, his take over his role back right from marshall his buddy but nathan drives for driver D-R-I-P-R. Yeah, you got to right. take some vowels out to make yeah. a valid app. Uh, in L.A., he fails. He has $38,486 in credit card debt, which is a scary number. Yeah. Um, and uh, he moves back in with his parents in the suburbs of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they agree to help him, but his father pressures him about getting a job and, like, you know, bouncing back. But Nathan really wants to, like, finish his book, this book that he moved out to L.A. to try to promote after writing a bunch of short stories thing is he's basically hasn't written that book yeah at all no and moving back to his hometown with his parents and with his parents as he's doing that he meets up with his old i guess high school buddy marshall yeah, yeah. Who, who's like a he works at like a video rental store which is also a little antiquated because who does that any right <laughs> more yeah. oh there's there's stores like that and by the way i looked it up uh, this this volume collected series came out in august of 2021 which means it was the individual issues were coming okay. out in 2021 and 2020. Okay. So I don't know about the remote work <laughs> statement I made earlier, given how recent the story is, but regardless. Um, so Nathan and Marshall are hanging out at the bar, kind of catching up after Nathan moves in and they're kind of drunk. And Nathan's revealing how like he hasn't actually, you know, written much of his book and he's scared and he doesn't know what to do. Um, and they're kind of playing around on the train tracks Mm-hmm. As one does, right. as a as a grown adult stand in their twenties, yeah, living that stand by me life, and um, they come across a little tiny black hole that Nathan is the first to kind of reach out and touch inexplicably because why would why wouldn't you? Why you know? wouldn't you touch a black hole just sitting there? <laughs> why, uh, why not? If you don't know much black about black holes, I guess. Uh, and the black hole gives him a, a suit. And some kind of powers, and the cops come after them because they're standing on the train tracks, and a train is coming, and the cops are like, "Hey, get off the tracks!" Haven't you seen Stand by Me? <laughs> Which I, I don't know. It's, have you not you seen know, Stand by Me? A uh, long time ago, oh, okay. but I mean, yeah. my point is like, how many people have seen that movie that are in their twenties? Uh, that's fair. Probably not many. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but youths. Uh, but of course, Marshall being drunk and kind of uh, generally more pushy guy, I would say he's more. I don't know. He's he's not Nathan. Is like kind of like anti-establishment. Yeah, and so he's like anarchy. cops. What you got to talk? And he's also drunk, so he's like cops. What are you gonna be telling a pet tax-paying citizen what to do, whatever? But the the train is coming, and uh, Marshall tries to get into it with the cops. And they're like, dude, but the, you got to get out of here. There's private property, and there's a train coming, and so. They're about to get hit by the train until Nathan, as in his super suit, like lifts, like levitates every all the humans and the train, uh, and saves everybody, and then flies away. And with his friend, with, with his friend, he yeah, leave he leaves the cops, I guess, in the train intact. Uh, he puts them back down and disappears. And that that was kind of the introduction to his powers and everything. He doesn't really know and then, how I mean, he got him or I, why he got I, him. I, 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 
can't. I can't. It is just like, the, I guess it is the most arbitrary. Stu it's like, and I, I get that the Green Lantern movie was not great, but Green Lantern as a whole, as a character, is pretty awesome, right? We can I, yeah. agree. So I like that idea of you got this power because you deserved it, you know? Or like Captain America, like, you know, getting the super soldier serum is just like, Here's this, you know, plucky young kid who he just wanted to fight just the way he was, but he wasn't able to, to, you know, defend his country because he was too small. So he wanted to do the super soldier serum so that he could actually be able to, to help, you know, you know, fight for his country. I get those kind of things. I don't get it when some drunk jackasses walk out to the <laughs> railroad yard and grab at a black hole and suddenly you get superpowers. I mean, I, I do have to wonder if some of that gets retconned you know, later on of, or maybe not retcon, maybe it was the plan all along, but they, they kind of just hide the origin because, like, they, they don't explain where the black hole comes from or why it hovers, you know, three feet closer to Nathan than Marshall or anything like that. It just kind of happens. Right. But there's, without much background or explanation, well, and it kind of seems random, and maybe it is random. I don't know. I'm not Kyle Higgins, but... Uh, well, think about it, especially because later on we learn as... Nathan starts being, he starts having these visions and stuff, and it starts kind of being able to communicate with, I guess, the host. Intelligence or something, in, like a machine intelligence that, right, that makes the power go? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. But the point is, like, Earth is in danger. And it's like, okay, so why would you pick this dude? Why would you put this in the train yard? Why wouldn't you put it, like, outside the White House or, you know, 221B Baker Street. Why would you Why would you put it in this freaking rail yard where it's just like hobos? Yeah, it's, I mean... Wouldn't you want to, if you knew Earth, if you knew you needed someone to come save Earth, would you not want to pick the most worthy people? And when, so wouldn't you watch them for a little bit and then decide, okay, I'm going to drop this little black hole to these different spots where the most worthy people will be that can save the Earth? Not some dude who $34,000 in debt and it, you know, can't. Not that that's any judgment on anybody's no, uh, moral I, no, character. No, please. I had a lot of credit card debt when I was younger. But what I'm saying is just like, wouldn't you pick someone that is just kind of like, yeah, they're already succeeding at leadership and selflessness and, and, and courage and saving the planet and that kind of stuff. But I mean, so we, and we could skip through some of the drama. There's a lot of drama. That happens where Nathan and his dad have to kind of come to grips with what, you know, like his dad is, you know, typical, more like a boomer type person is like, you should just go get a job. This house was built on pennies. Even if you're making pennies, that's better than no pennies. And it's like not quite understanding the dynamic of, you know, people who have to work in gig culture these days. And it's right. it's uh, kind of, uh, you know, harder to, to, you know, drive on driver or Uber or whatever and yeah. like buy a house. Uh, but, uh, so they come to understandings and there's a lot of back and forth with Marshall and Nathan about advertising what he, the kind of hero he is yeah. and whatever. And so the hero but name they come up with is Radiant Black. So thus that's is, he's the titular because, character. Because the intelligence pushes a, the word Radiant into Nathan's head. And yeah. that's where Nathan and Marshall start talking about that. But the intelligence says, and this is kind of me going back to your, what you were just talking about, Joe, mm -hmm. about why choose right. random people. It seems like the intelligence is saying there's a war happening and some somebody him he is coming to to right. you know, destroy the whole earth yeah. and um you know I, he he can't kill me if i'm merged with you but it almost seems like a war setting like they'll conscript anybody right. versus like you're a hero 
to be a hero. It's like, this is a war and I just need a warm body to occupy. So I just grab whatever random person I landed near kind of thing. Okay. So that was kind of my impression more right. than your tr- like a Green Lantern. I'm still not cool with it. <laughs> uh, because then wouldn't you yeah. choose a warm body that is seems to be in, in pretty great shape and is capable of housing you without dying? I mean, like, why don't you choose a tortoise? Because they live like a really long time. <laughs> I don't know. Because then maybe we don't get a story. Because tortoises don't. I know. Don't I know. Happen. I know. I'm being. But, I'm being very but, facetious. But my point is, like, I don't like. I don't like it when people get powers or gifts or something, and they don't deserve it. They don't do anything. Like they don't even have an inkling of. I I want to help people. I I wish I had. You know. I wish I had the skills or the muscles or, you know, the time to help people. You know. It's none of that. None of that is this guy. He's just kind of well, like. Well, I feel like he changes though, and I think that's the change. interesting part of it is he maybe didn't deserve the powers from that perspective to start, but once he has them and he realizes he can do some good, he goes and does that good. He may not be, you know, sure. he may not be a Boy Scout. Um, he's kind of just kind of, I don't know, like a pretty average guy overall with some some financial troubles and unable to kind of you know motivate himself to get the 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 book that he wants to write done but when he has the powers after a while he like accepts them and he he does them good he helps people fix their flat tire and whatever and then he learns about somebody that looks just like him mm. in the big city chicago that's red that's instead doing of bad white and blue uh, like his costume is white but his powers are blue i don't know yeah. I, I mean it makes sense i guess visually but and yeah that person in red is robbing banks so he goes and does some Ubering, uh, if you will, uh, <laughs> in the Chicago area, to, which is kind of clever, although they show just like how, how harrowing uh, driving around other people in the big city are people barfing in your car and stuff. But um, uh, he, he figures out where the red person is, the, the, and they, they, they have a knockdown, dragout fight, and he manages to, to like take the money back that they stole to the bank, but clearly he's made an enemy, and they don't we don't know much about the red person other than they can absorb you know rocks or other things around them and turn them into armor or power of some kind um and we do get it we get in a moment from nathan where he sees the money and he's just like oh my god there's a lot of money i could use this money yeah and then and but again this is and it's like brilliant it's brilliant it's a brilliant selection of panels but it's basically he finds the money because there's no words involved it's literally just all images and there's not even that many images it's just kind of like his head and it's he's still in the mask of his costume and everything and you're just kind of watching the eyes open and close because they, they're glowing white eyes and you watch them open wide when he sees all the money and he's like excited he's like well there's so much money and then he kind of arches one eye like kind of like you're arching like an he's thinking, eyebrow yeah. like he's like hmm i could use this money hey i could take this money no one would know and then the last one is like the kind of the eyes are just dejected and he's like i can't keep the money yeah, he goes from like surprised to like has an idea to like shrewd because the eyes get narrow and slit like. Yeah. And then they kind of get sad. So it's a very, end. it's yeah. a very clever art sequence. I like that. Yeah, and it, it's good. I mean, that to me is an example of like he's starting to earn the hero mantle sure. through things like that. Um, and so, you know, he continues to kind of try to get used to his powers and write his book, and he dedicates writing time, and he gets a little bit of headway on on the writing and. He gets the respect and the rep online about being a hero, you know, helping people out in the Chicago area. So things are starting to feel pretty good, even though he's having these visions of this 
machine thing saying, you know, that they're the radiant and he is coming and, you know, it's a war and will you be able to take his life if uh, if your whole planet is threatened? And Nathan can't can't answer in the affirmative to that question. Basically, he's not a killer. And you also and don't know who this he is. Will right. you take his life? We don't know who that is. Yeah. But before he, you know, so he and Marshall are talking about his powers and doing the usual, like, practice your powers with your buddy thing that you see in every movie. Like, <laughs> most recently, I can think of Shazam, but there's plenty of other examples. Uh, when the red villain person somehow knows his name and basically starts a knockdown, drag out fight in their small town uh, where they're fighting. Um, and they they get really into it and... In the end, they're they they like crash into a building, like an apartment building or an office building or something, and Nathan and the the other person are fighting, and then the building starts to collapse, mm-hmm. and they both stop fighting and they try to fix it, but Nathan has the levitating powers versus the other, the red one only has like absorbing powers, and so um, Nathan kind of saves the red one by like knocking them out of the path of the falling building and moves everybody out that was stuck inside that was left that hadn't been able to run out and then the building collapses on him and he essentially at least at least for a moment there dies right and the black hole appears and marshall grabs it and so now marshall is radiant black which i think was kind of a crazy twist in that like i didn't see that coming uh i no, thought I we didn't... were gonna spend more time with nathan right and uh, <laughs> it wasn't like oh i didn't see the coming it was like i'm annoyed that that came <laughs> Because I was just like, come on, seriously, this power can just go to anybody. Anybody can have the power. I don't like that. I need my heroes to deserve the power. Yeah. Well, and, and You know, it's just like Mjolnir can't go to everybody. It can only go to Thor and Captain America. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know what I mean? It's like if like Thor. Yeah, exactly. Envision. <laughs> but like if Thor had put down Mjolnir on the edge of a table at McDonald's and then someone had just like a kid had just come up and, you know, grabbed him and be like, oh, cool. Happy meal toy. And picks it up and taking it away. They're like, what was the point of Thor's hammer? Because it's like, it's supposed to go to who's worthy. But like, this is a whole thing where it's like, this black hole doesn't care if anybody's yeah. worthy. It just yeah. goes to whoever. It needs, it needs somebody to make a weapon. I mean, that's at least seemingly what it looks like. I know. I just... Eh. And Marshall is very upset. I mean, of course, he goes to the hospital. Well, he gets the powers and he flies off. But then he comes back and goes to the hospital um, to, to kind of wait on what's going on with Nathan. And you see him listening to like news feeds youtube feeds online and people are like man radiant black just flew away nobody i guess knows that marshall and nathan swapped the powers and he didn't help anybody in the building and whatever so marshall's already kind of upset uh, but they he finds out from nathan's parents that were coming out of the, the the waiting room or whatever that were coming into the waiting room that nathan apparently has you know he's breathing his body's functioning but mentally he may not be there anymore so uh, Marshall's quite upset. Um, he does accept the 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 offer, like, hey, you know, we'll, or the does answer affirmative to the question that the machine intelligence asked him of, like, will you be able to take his life? We don't know who he is. Um, if you need to, and he's like, yep. And then he goes flying off and finds. Well, he wants to make a deal, though. Yeah, it's like show me where the red one is, because yeah. I'm gonna kill that that dude person. Uh, and if I can do that, then yeah. Uh, I'm I'm all yours after that, and so he gets into a knockdown, drag out fight, and somehow gains a cape in the yeah. middle of it. Yeah. Um, and we find out that the red uh, uh, person is a, a woman. Um, and as they're starting to fight and like really get into it, like out in kind of like a frozen lake, two more uh, 
black hole heroes, a yellow one and a pink one. And I guess the pink one can make portals Mm -hmm. appear. And they're like, dude, this is way bigger than anything you've got going on. He's coming and I've, the yellow guy is like an older guy. And he's like, I've thrown everything I can at him and didn't even make him flinch. We got problems. We've got to band together. And just as soon as that happens, they all get kind of attacked Mm -hmm. by some other, presumably he, the main villain guy who's all pixelated and weird looking He's got like two big sword, like yeah. broad sword looking. Yeah, and thing. it seems like the way he's talking about it that they, they have pieces of his power somehow. At least that was the way I interpreted that. Um, so, that's yeah. where the main story ends. But then the last issue, issue six in this volume, kind of goes into, um, the how backstory the, a little how, bit. Yeah, you know, how Red got her powers. Yeah, and honestly, that is what should have been the start of this of this volume. Oh, so her name is Satomi. Um and we don't I don't think she has like a hero or villain name. She's just red. No, like the yeah. red one. But like she should have been who we kicked off with because we learn that like, you know, she and her fiance they have a new house or whatever and they're in a ton of debt because of him. And so she decides to go to the bank. She's going to see what she can do because she has some savings. She has no money left in her savings. He take he drains her savings to pay off, you know, these loan sharks, I guess. And so she gets really upset, and she decides that she's going to do something about it. She uses that. During this time, she also finds a black hole. Yes. And she gets a power, and she uses that to, you know, start robbing banks so she can pay off all that money and take care of the situation. But it's like, at least that was that was a story where it's like, I don't know. If, and I, I get it. She didn't have a good purpose. <laughs> I was going to say she would, yeah. No, I get that she didn't have a good purpose, but there was more to her than just Nathan being like, well, I didn't do well in Los Angeles. I'm going to drive home and live with my parents. Oh, I have powers now. Yeah. I mean, this I, is more of like, I, I'm, I'm struggling to, I, I, you know, I've been saving all my money to do this. I'm trying to help my, my partner out. And then what's this? Oh, I have this strange new power. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to, you know, I don't know. It just seems like her story was a better story than Nathan. I, I would say, yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree that it's knit together better. Like she gets her powers at the point where she needs a break the most. And I, I would say she's more sympathetic. Yeah. In, in terms of her situation, even though she does bad things. I mean, she's robbing banks. Let's be clear. Like this, that's not cool. No matter what. No matter how broke you are, don't rob a bank. Right. No, no. Uh, But we're not um, condoning that. But Nathan's Nathan doesn't have as dire of a struggle, it would seem, compared to Satomi because he gets to move in with his parents and like has some stability there and is less under threat, although, you know, credit card debt ain't nothing to to, to sneeze at. Sure. But it's a less it's it's less urgent. There's not people that are gonna kill you if you don't pay back. It's a less urgent kind of threatening life situation compared to Satomi's, even though she didn't choose to, you know, be in a situation where her husband gambled their way into, into that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's like the, 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 the black hole showed up just in time for her versus for Nathan. It was like maybe just in time, but maybe, and I'm just speaking off the top of my head here, just in time for him, but his situation was certainly not as dire, nowhere near as dire. No, gosh, no. That's what I'm saying is like, I don't know. But it's just luck, I guess. Maybe that's the way they were trying to go after it. It's just like, well, this is just luck. I guess we'll see what happens if we learn in a future volume how the other two got their powers. Like, was right. it just luck as well, or was there right. something else involved? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a, it's 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 one of those kind of, I want, I want to call it like a window dressing kind of volume, honestly, because it was a lot of, 
not a lot happens yet. We like we learn that something that there's a big bad coming, which there's always a big bad, of course. But it, this was more of a window dressing of hey, here's this guy, here's here's what his like here's the status quo of his life. Okay, now here he's gonna get powers and see, let's see what's gonna happen as he's trying to get used to using these powers. So it's very window dressing, and then by the end of it, we start seeing okay, there's other people that also have these, you know, that also picked up black holes and have powers okay this is getting interesting because we have more people involved how many people are actually supposed to be helping with this guy okay holy crap the guy's already here okay how are we going to handle this so yeah. it's it's good i mean it's a it's if nathan had had deserved his powers better <laughs> i would i would have liked this i would have because i it's it's a very clever concept like the whole black hole thing i like it i like it and the artwork is is very nice and the color is awesome it's just I don't think the main character deserved to get powers. And I, I, it's just, I, I have so much trouble because the guy was just like, just a, a woe is me, self-pitying, kind of given up on. And it's just like, dude, you weren't even trying that hard. You were just writing. I, it's like, I'm a writer. I write for a living. And it's just like, I don't know. It, it just, he just rubbed me like all kinds of the wrong way, just to who he was and the fact that he got powers out of it. And I haven't gotten powers. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's my problem is I haven't gotten powers yet. But so for this one, I'm going to give it a B. You should see the look on her face right now. I folks. know. I hate giving it a B because it deserves so much less <laughs> because of my angst about this hero. But I'm going to give it a B for now because that notwithstanding... The story, the story concept, the other characters—they're very interesting, and it's a, it's an interesting story, an in interesting new take on what a superpower, like where a superpower origin could be from. Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoy this. Um, it, it's it then for the things we were just talking about, I agree with you, Joe. Like Satomi, definitely more sympathetic, uh, and could have been interesting, kind of starting the whole thing off versus ending the first volume here, um, and. You know, some of the drama about, like, uh, I can only drive the car to, to make money and some of that stuff, like, it, it's it's a, it's definitely a story of our times right now. And, like, uh, you know, the, the setting kind of establishes that. But I think it maybe took a little too long before things got dicey uh, between uh, Radiant Black and the, the red the red one uh, and stuff for my tastes in terms of getting the action going. Mm. Um, but overall, yeah, I also really enjoyed the power sets. I really enjoyed the kind of the concept, the design of the heroes and villains and like the notion of like they come from some alien life form or civilization or something. And we're just all very mysterious and kind of urgent to kind of get going with that. Um, uh, so really like the design uh, and most of the, the story as well. Um, the art was cool. I think it was mostly serviceable, I would say. Not a knock on Marcelo Costa at all, but like it was just like I was more interested in the mystery kind of evolving. There was less of a wonder mm. on like what's going on on the page, except for that, that panel that you were talking about, Joe, right. where the, the eyes were kind of telling the story. That right. was really, really cool and really well done. But in, in, in general, outside of like some of the fights, because I was trying to like understand the power sets and whatever, yeah. the stuff where they're just walking around in a snow-covered town like talking <laughs> yeah. was just kind of like, eh, not, not the most right. visually striking or exciting. Sure, but, yeah. I mean, it's... You know, you got to have downtime. You got to have dialogue between characters and stuff. But maybe that could have been done differently. I don't know. Uh, overall, though, enjoyed it, and I'll definitely be reading a follow-up volume to see where the story goes. All right. Up next, sheets.
Now we're talking sheets. It's written, illustrated, colored, lettered, everything mm -hmm. by Brenna Thumler. Yeah, this one I liked. It was cute. I, I feel like this has more of a middle grade vibe to it. Like it's not really an. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, you can, you can of course read it as an adult, but it feels more middle grade with the tone and the content and the quasi happy ending of the, of the story and also the artwork. I mean, I'm not. I'm not digging on the artwork. Like I'm not making fun of it, but it's it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I would say basic because that sounds like a dig. It's rudimentary. Is that a polite? Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's decent amount of detail sometimes, but it's definitely it 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 comes off as it's more simplistic and like not uh, a very polished, I guess, style. Right. Which I mean, if you're writing and drawing and coloring and lettering and doing everything, I imagine uh, it's a lot of work. Um, uh, so so kudos to Bertha Thumbler, regardless. But yeah, definitely not the same thing as the kind of more stylish, stylized like. Yeah. Even a radiant black uh, right. type of artwork right, that right, we, right. we just talked about. So this one, it's it's a very sweet story, um, and I, I did enjoy it. And I, I think part of the reason maybe I enjoyed it and maybe I, why I enjoy things like this is because it's all wrapped up <laughs> the by end. the yeah. by the end of the yeah by the end of the volume. You're like, oh, I got in a complete story now. I know what's happening. But although apparently there's a sequel, there's oh, like there? a book two, yeah, that's being worked so on like... if not already done comforters. Yeah, is that what it's called? I, I think I it's know. I don't know if it's sheets more two? sheets or like. You know, sheets in the back. Check sheets your in the back. Linens. I don't know. I don't know. You know, check the back <laughs> of the Macy's. I don't. Know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a, a total dad joke. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so I, I guess it's the sheets. Like we call it volume one here, but I don't, I don't know. I think it might be book one, as it's sometimes advertised. Right. So if there's a sequel, uh, if not already done, in I'm the works. curious to see how that would actually go. But basically, the story uh, we have here is. Our main character, and her name escapes me because she doesn't get called by her name a lot. Yeah, I think it's Marjorie. Marjorie, thank you. Um, so anyway, Marjorie's um, mother is dead. She she died, we, and we learned this through the story, that she died, uh, she hit her head when she was swimming, and so she drowned and, and, and died. And Marjorie, of course, has been struggling, and she's a, she's a kid, so she's been struggling with the loss of her mother, and her little brother's been struggling with it, but nobody has struggled with it more than her father does. Like, he he literally can't even function. He's he's just so distraught by the by the whole thing. that it's, So it's a kind of been up to Marjorie to run the family's uh, laundromat. Well, not laundromat. I guess it's just a laundry service called Glatz Laundry. And so throughout this process, she's kind of like, she's she's talking about how she hates washing sheets. And she hates ghosts because one of them is just too present the other one isn't which of course would be like her mom she wants to see and talk to her mom again and she can because her mom just you know is just gone and throughout this process there's a sleazy guy that owns a business around the corner and he's trying to buy out their well they they live right they live above, like above yeah the... the laundry service so he's trying to buy out the whole thing like he wants to own the whole thing he's not going to pay them for it he's just going to allow them to live there and work there and he wants to turn it into this awesome yoga retreat studio thing so he is the shady kind of guy who also is sabotaging the business so like he's leaving all of his information at their store like all his yoga brochures and he also is spreading rumors about the business it's like it's as much as i enjoy the story it's very hard to believe this part 
Yeah. I mean, he's straight up harassing them. I mean, right. Like, it's like even yeah. in a small, and like I mean, this probably, I mean, and this sheets came out a while ago, but nowadays, like, there's no way that something like this would fly and the whole town would be okay with it because it's a very small town. Yeah. But he's, you know, harassing the family. He's, you know, constantly, he breaks into their home because he finds a hidden key. And so he sneaks into their home and is just in there. And it, so it's like that alone would be like, that's not cool. It's breaking and entering, bro. Right. Exactly. <laughs> But he tells us about them, and then he sabotages, he switches out their detergent for, like, some sort of red or pink dye or something, so that way when they run their next wash, it's going to ruin all of the laundry. I mean, he's just, like, one of those snidely whiplash, and that's showing my age, I know, but he's one of those snidely whiplash, ha villains that is just not, he's not believable. I think that's probably the only weakness for this story for me, is that the villain is too villainous. And the villain has his own issues, too, in that he's he's going bankrupt and he really needs their business to make his business work. But it's like the, the measures that he goes to are very, very much Saturday morning cartoon villain moves. Um, but during this, throughout this time, in parallel, there's a ghost world? I yeah, guess, which was very it. confusing to me at first, like... Because you just kind of cut from a scene with Marjorie, kind of kind of after we kind of get introduced to her and see what her daily life is like, to like this other drab, which I think was cool, like the 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 change in color scheme and uh, to kind of show the ghost sure. world. But you see a bunch of ghosts that just they're covered in sheets with two eye holes or whatever and like a mouth, and it was just very confusing at first because there was no setup. It was just like ghosts having a conversation and then telling the other ghosts that they can't leave the ghost world and go to the human world. And then it was over. Then we're back to Marjorie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's where we kind of meet the, our, our main ghost. Wendell. Wendell. Yeah. Who makes it to the human world and makes it to the laundry, to the laundry service and uh, gets mixed in with the rest of the sheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets mixed up in the whole, you know, sabotage scheme with the red dye. Not and, on purpose. He's not, not trying to purpose. be a bad guy. Yeah. He's just, you know, hanging around trying to get, you know, trying to spy on the humans. And he sees the, the, the old guy, the, 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 the snidely whiplash guy. I think his name is Mr. Salbertuck. Yeah. Uh, put the dye in and he tries to swap the dye, the dye, hidden dye in the, in the detergent back to a regular detergent, but accidentally spills it and still creates the problem that Mr. Salbertuck wanted to. Right. Because it's like on the, the town, you know, popular cheerleader-esque girl. You know, the little very socialite girls yeah. prom dress or whatever big event dress that they're going to be having. And, of course, that's, I'll ruin you, you know, you'll never work in this town again kind of situation. Yeah. So he creates a lot of trouble and he continues to, like, try to zoom around the house and, like, spy. But then he opens windows and ca- it's like he's kind of a nuisance at first until Marjorie and him finally kind of clash, right? Like, they, get in, they, they know of each other. Right. And he's like, well, don't be scared. And then he's start, trying to, like, lie his way out of... He's a you horrible know, liar. He's, the, I mean, he's and they show that kid. earlier yeah. on. Yeah, he's like an eleven-year-old kid who died, and his name is Wendell. And so she's Marjorie's piecing together this information, but he's this kid who died years ago, and he is a big storyteller. So like, even in the ghost world, he's talking about you know they're having ghost anonymous meeting or whatever, <laughs> and he's talking about how he died, and it's this long elaborate tale, and so everyone kind of knows. Okay, he's making all this up. Yeah. Yeah. So he's doing the same thing with Marjorie and trying to tell her these big elaborate things about the world that he's from. And they have parades and ice cream. Everyone gets ice cream and all these things. Which is not all true at all. It's a very boring, boring, drab 
yeah. existence uh, until you, you know, kind of move on, I guess. Um, but so Wendell finally gives some real details to Marjorie about what his life was really like after they kind of get to know each other uh, amidst all this drama going on. And really, I think the story, a lot of the story is also about just like Marjorie coping with the loss of her mom and all this, all these challenges uh, at school and stuff, kind of trying to live a normal school life while all this other stuff's going on in her life. And uh, she learns that Wendell is actually somebody she met once. Yes. When she was, you know, abandoned by a friend in a cornfield. Right. When, he, corn when she was about maze. 11 years old, which yeah. he pretty much died around that time. And so she remembered him and then she looked him up and on, on the internet and found out when he, when he passed away and everything. And, and so, he drowned. Yeah. Trying to, like his parents hadn't taught him to swim, but he wanted to swim. So he went out into the lake and he drowned much like her mother. Yeah. So she can kind of relate and they become friends. Um, and Wendell, you know, tries to help her by, you know, freaking out to Mr. Sabertuck, uh, a, a little bit or going to spy on him, which freaks him out a little bit. And then later, um, as they continue to try to communicate and Marjorie kind of is about to hand over the, the laundry service to Mr. Sabertuck, because the, as you were saying, Joe, the, when they got ruined with the dye, it was like, that was one of the last straws, right? right. Like she can't do it on herself. Her dad, you know, just is still catatonic basically and can't help. Um, so right when she's on the verge of just giving up and everything kind of, uh, going bad for her, the, you know, Wendell manages to call in for some help and explain in the ghost world because he got taken, I think he got taken back, right? They caught him, the adult ghosts. he'd broken the rules, yeah. And so they caught him, but he convinced the other ghosts that, you know, they, they can have a relationship with the humans and they, the humans can acknowledge them as ghosts and that Marjorie needs their help because he messed things up and he needs to put things right so the adult ghosts come in and help and they scare off yeah mr sobertuck and she's like you know that that solved that problem but i really wish i had a way to get the stains out of these things and i'm sorry that you you know you got stained because he got stained in the process Wendell did and he's like well that's okay when i go home i'll just use some ghosturizer and she's like wait what yeah, and, and he so explains it's this yeah miracle stain remover that ghosts use to clean their sheets, Which, literally like the sheets they yeah, wear. Yeah, and so they come up with a kind of a uh, what do you call it like a joint venture where yeah. <laughs> the ghosts can hang out and be sheets in a laundry service where their you know humans aren't gonna give them guff for kind of enjoying life back on Earth for a little bit, and they get to let Marjorie and her family borrow some ghosterizer. Uh, to keep uh, the, the, the clothes incredibly clean. Yes. And the popularity of the laundry service grows. Mm-hmm. And, of course, so Marjorie doesn't have to sell, and the the prices they're able to keep them. And the dad kind of comes out of his... Depression? Depression. Stupor or yeah. something? Yeah. And he, he starts getting involved. And one of the things that the ghosts tell her is, because she kind of goes to see the head ghost woman, when they tell him it's like, listen, your mom will show up when she's ready. She's, you know, if she's not here, if she's not seeing you, it's not because she doesn't want to. It's just because she's not ready to come. Yeah, that was kind of, yeah, an open question. I think once the ghosts were revealed, you'd expect that you right. know, Marjorie would ask. So, yeah. So, because right. she was like, where's my mom? I'm not going to hang out with you guys. So, anyway, so that, you know, everything ends up working out happily for Marjorie and this boy that she had a crush on. Ends up asking her out, and the you know he, she ends up not having to go to the socialites party, the mean girls party, kind yeah. of thing. Human life's good, ghost life's good. Everybody, all the ghosts are happy. Wendell Everything and awesome. Marjorie can play mm-hmm. in the in the water and just kind of hang out. Yeah, and that's one of the things. The last thing they do is 
they finally go like Marjorie because she's been avoiding the water the whole time. She stands in the shallow end of the pool when it's time for you know swim practice and stuff like that. And so finally she's willing to because Wendell you know isn't willing to go in either. So she kind of they 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 venture back in together. It's a very sweet story. I yeah. think it's a very sweet yeah. story. So it's one that I would give. Um, it's uh, while I say it's sweet, it is very simplistic in its storyline. And it's also, like I said, it's a little bit over the top with this Natalie Whiplash. I give it a B plus. And like I said, it's a good story. It's I something, you know, something you could read with your child, with your middle grader, and they would they would they would like it because it's a cute story. But it's not yeah. something like if you're you know, if you're a big fan of like saga and die and Yeah, I mean it's not that level of uh storytelling i would yeah, say yeah it's just like it's yeah. it's much you know it's not very cerebral if you will it's very it's a very sweet story but it's not you know it's not challenging it's not gonna you know fire the neurons a ton so yeah for this one i would give a b plus but it's it's cute and it's a good story and it's got good you know good good art yeah yeah uh and, i mean kudos to Bernard thumbler for just all her creative work in, in this i mean you, it, it's just such an undertaking to write uh such a such a long, I mean, not not long in a bad way, but just you know, it's a lengthy story, and it's it's fully colored, fully lettered, uh, and everything. And and, and as you were saying, Joe, it's got a it's got a kind of complete story about Marjorie, and that's that's a tough thing to do. So, big kudos. But um, that said, like for me, I just you know, because it's not targeted at at uh, an audience like me, right. it was it was hard to to kind of make it through for yeah. me. Um, sure. you know, I I feel like. It could probably make a good like Pixar or Disney movie in in some ways, but needs to be kind of punched up yeah. in in some spots. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a little a little bit for a, a, of a of a tough thing to fin- to finish for me. But okay, um, I don't think that's a knock on the quality. It's just you know I'm not the audience for this. As you were saying, it's middle grade, right? Something about you know something for kids around age nine to twelve, yeah, something like that. So. Uh, but yeah, if that's if if that's uh, if that's you know your 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 uh, cup of tea, go for it. I think it's uh, you know quite the accomplishment. I think for for one yeah. person to 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 make such a thing. Awesome. Well, what are we going to be reading for next month? All right, next month, an issue forty nine of Comic Stripped, These Savage Shores, Volume One. That's written by Ram V and uh, illustrated by Sumit Kumar. And also, we're going to be uh, taking a look at. Uh, Something related to an upcoming television show, Moon Knight. Mm. Popular, or now popular, <laughs> Marvel hero. Uh, much more popular than he was. Yeah, uh, I never heard know. of him. Moon Knight, Volume <laughs> 1. We're reading the one uh, from 2016, I believe. So that's written by Jeff Lemire uh, with art by Greg Smallwood. So we'll see you next time. Later. Later.